0: This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at SorgatronMedia.com. This show is brought to you by IndieWrestling.us and IndieWrestling.network for your independent wrestling entertainment. Just Pro Wrestling News Podcast. No filler, no pop-ups. Production services by Sidekick Media Services. And listeners like you supporting us at patreon.com slash wrestling mayhem show. Hey guys, it's the Indie Mayhem Show. I'm Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on Twitter here in the Sorgatron Media Studios in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we got a special one with you here today. But first of all, uh, I want to give a shout out. Hey, for- I got a co-host to help me out today. Uh, Matt Carlins of Just Pro Wrestling News is hanging out with me today. How you doing, Matt? It's awesome to be here. I wouldn't have missed this for the world. Yes, so this is a long time exciting. coming, today's interview. Uh, but first, please go check out everything at and IndieWrestling.us. You'll find plenty of great past interviews that we've done. Most recently, Sam Beal of Impact Wrestling, we talked to a couple of weeks ago. We find out how he got the perm and everything, and uh, a lot of other great stuff like Wrestling Ma'am Show. A lot of chatter that we do every week there. Uh, please subscribe to the show uh, on your podcast player or, of course, the IndieWrestling.us YouTube and all those places. So you don't miss an episode, we got a lot of cool stuff uh, coming in the coming weeks. So this is a special one because um, um, uh, every if you if you follow me on at Sorgatron or at Mayhem Show, uh, uh, I find myself watching AEW Dark uh, late Tuesdays as I'm editing three podcasts that we do every week. And you'll and and there was there was always a bright shiny limelight in the night that <laughs> that <laughs> held between Taz's commentary and this gentleman has gotten me through a long night, nights of editing by throwing some AEW on. Danny Limelight is on the show. We got him, guys. We got him. Danny, thank you so much for joining us.
1: <laughs> What's going on, baby? How y'all doing? Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I'm excited to be here. and I'm excited to talk wrestling with you guys and whatever else, man. Excellent. I did watch the show last week, by the way. And I, and I do want to hear those three matches still. We did it
0: Tuesday. About. We did it Tuesday. And they they held oh. me to it. <laughs> I you said went, what? I, I, I held, uh, they held me to it. And I think I picked uh, 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 John Moxley. Um, I think you had another one with Dante the next week. And there was, I can't remember the third one. Oh, no, I actually said you're, the match that I saw you out there at uh, FSW in Vegas. So, oh, okay, sick, sick. <laughs> so, wait, you,
1: wait. you think the Dante Martin one was better than the Kanoska to catch the one?
2: Uh, oh, I do remember that one oh, now. That's a good one, too. You're That's right. My match. That's my favorite match ever. You're right. <laughs> really? Yeah, <laughs> 100%. What made that one so
1: special? Well, one, Konosuke, he's, he's the ace of DDT Pro. Dude's a, a star. He's amazing. We had never met before, and we just magic, you know? Like, nice. it just felt so easy. And uh, one thing that – there was this one point in the match where he hits me with this, like, pop of powerbomb, and we're laying there, and I can hear the fans, like, really pop, but the fans were the wrestlers. You know, it was like <laughs> the guys that were wrestling on dark the next week or whatever. And they're like really chanting. This is awesome. And I'm like, we're laying there. And I got, and I remember just visibly thinking to myself, like, yeah, we got them. And I could, uh, and I remember also thinking like, if this was a fucking sold out arena right now, mm-hmm. this place would be going fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially That's that like proud. the
2: perfect example of the uh, forbidden door phenomenon where to see Takeshita come over here. I know he had a great reputation over there. Did you ever imagine you'd get to share a ring with them?
1: No, I never thought I would. You know, it was one of those things where he's in a whole different company and not like he was wrestling for New Japan, you know, where I wrestle at. He's wrestling for a different company out there. So, you know, I didn't think it was possible. Then when he was there, you know, I didn't think of all the people in the locker room that were going to put him with me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was like an honor to have that that match with him, you know?
0: And, and that's the thing. And that's that's the, the, to me, I want to say magical thing about like what they're doing with Dark and Elevation is like, you know, the other guys show, he's a little bit of an AEW detractor. He's like, oh, it's a bunch of jobber matches and stuff. So I was like, yeah, man, but the, it's, if the jobbers all kicked ass, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, because, it, it, you know. It, you know maybe you know hey the dynamite guy's going to win or something but i know like you guys are going to go out there and put on a damn good match you know uh yeah. you know serpentico is a guy i know as a fidian back in the day right and i know he's going to put on a go- good match no matter what happens you know and and yeah. and, and so like, you're getting exposed to guys like you, guys like, you know, that that are, you'll then see on the indies. You know, a lot of guys here from Pittsburgh we've seen uh, uh, show up over there, like Andrew Palace in the main event and PB Smooth, right? um Like, it's it's still a platform, and you guys, like, get the show off a little bit. Like, whoever thought that people would be into a, a, a Fuego Del Sol? Right, so he's become a thing too. <laughs> <laughs> and Fuego's smart, though Fuego. You know, he he utilized the
1: the vlogs and stuff like that oh, yeah. to, to oh, help yeah. boost his, you know, his his uh, popularity. I guess is the the right word to say. He he he's a smart man, um,
0: and, and it worked out for him. I hope hopefully he gets signed. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, you've you've had it. It's been interesting talking to guys like last that that have come up during this this pandemic era. Um, I, I know you. I believe you trained with New Japan, uh, out there in the LA dojo, correct? No, I did the New Japan tryout. The tryout. And the that's right. That's right. Uh, so so like the the come up through that, like first of all, like you mentioned, like kind of the, like like just kind of doing doing it in front of the fans, where the wrestlers, right? Like, yeah. is that you know, is that something special when you're when when you're when you're getting a, a reaction out of them? You know, it's not just like them trying to get riled up, and you know, it's kind of genuine. Yeah, it, it
1: because you know. You could tell when it's, like, them doing what they're supposed to do and then when it's when it's a genuine reaction. And I feel like, you know, when when me and Takeshita was there, you know, it, it felt genuine. It felt real. And I feel like a lot of the matches that I had on Dark Elevation, I was able to draw that reaction from them um, just with the innovative, the innovation, the creativity, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and, and the opponents that I was wrestling, you know, I was able to get in the ring with them. My time at AEW was so much fun for the fact that I was able to get into the ring with their very best, you know. Yeah. Kenny Omega, John Moxley, Sidel, Cage, Phoenix, you know, um, Frankie Kazarian, like it was Jungle Boy in the first episode of Elevation Ever. Like it's just some kind of trust that was there or or whatever word you want to use, you know, they believed in me and they believed in my abilities and what I could do and, and it was so much fun. That's awesome. That's could you
2: feel your um, could you feel the trust growing in you over time as you were working more and more of those shows?
1: Yes, I felt like it kind of happened so fast. Almost. It was like I made my debut in the end of October and then January 1st, I'm making my dynamite debut against Kenny Omega. And, you know, leading up to that, you know, I kept I, you know, I had like a, I had like a six man tag in my debut then I had a tag match and then it was just singles. Singles singles, Brandon Cutler, Brian Cage, Matt Seidel, Matt Seidel again. Ray Phoenix. And as I'm having these matches and I'm like, man, they're getting better and better. They give me more and more time. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt the trust, you know, after my match with Ray Phoenix, I vividly remember going into the the locker room and sitting down. And Ray Phoenix is a very good friend of mine. And I remember thinking to myself, what else can I do or who else can I wrestle to show the more? You know, like what else? I just had a banger with Ray Phoenix, you know, and then like the next loop, it was like Kenny Omega, and I was like, okay, like, I guess this is the next, you know, this is the final boss, is what it felt like. <laughs> and uh, it was after it was after you know the the Kenny Omega match where they they signed me to the Tier Zero contract.
0: Nice, nice. So uh, and I guess so we're talking about AEW, and of course you you also pop up on on New Japan Strong uh, yes. several times over the last. so deep, but fuck Chris Dickinson. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so, so you did. We got to show you. You did inspire something that we do on the show that's be kind of a regular <laughs> bit because, of course, like when what was it when Kenta came and it, it, it opened the forbidden door and it just seemed the floodgates yeah. happened and good brothers and all that stuff. So uh, I, I pitched this idea to Matt here, uh, and uh, we put together. Uh, we co- what well, we we call this the forbidden door crazy wall, and yeah. uh, you were one of the first people that be on there. Of course, it was the Kenta thing and everything, and there you are, right there, and we got uh, you're in this yeah. batch here. Uh, with Kenta and everybody uh, strung <laughs> over to AEW and uh, New Japan, and we've been trying to keep up as much as we can. <laughs> and of course, I I,
2: I, I I know this looks a little bit confusing, but it's very organized. Danny, you gotta. No, I see. Uh, <laughs> but you were asking about you know wrestlers who were working more than two companies recently, working three companies like yourself. Uh, and if you look at this, we've managed to find. I think we figured out that Rocky Rocky Romero. Yeah, yeah, he's got, uh, has He's also got... worked that kind of same um grouping. He's even worked ROH. Uh oh, so um, right, he did. And um there's been some others that have popped up recently too. Um I mean Thunder Rosa just worked um Impact. That's right. Impact. So that's a third company that she's got on her resume now, so it's AC crazy. Navarro. Yeah. I forgot
1: Leo Rush too cuz Leo Rush yeah. did MOW as well. He was mm-hmm. in New Japan and he did the the, the Battle Royale in uh AEW. Yeah.
2: And there's so it seems like it would be like this would not be something that would get very much out of hand, but this is actually from this is like our latest update from a few weeks ago, and we're already working on another update <laughs> um, based on the stuff that's come out of the past weekend with with impacts um, slamversary mm-hmm. show, and it's just a whole nother wave of like three or four more people that we have to find room on this board for. So it's crazy to see all of this movement, and uh, I guess just to turn this into a question for you um what, what do you think about all this free-flowing talent and, and what do you sense you know a lot of the other wrestlers how they feel about it oh man I don't I don't know or care how the other wrestlers feel about
1: it you know I always worry about myself and I, I think it's awesome you know I think it's so dope that companies are working together because now look at all the possibilities of matchups that you have you know it's it's one of those things where where, where, where talent is able to showcase themselves on television for multiple different companies to multiple different kind of fans, because there are some fans that only watch Impact or only watch AEW or only watch, you know, MOW or WWE, whatever have you. And now that these wrestlers are able to jump around, you know, walk through the forbidden door, you know, more fans get to see them. And I think that it's great for wrestling. You know, I, I, I was seeing, you know, when Jay White popped up at Impact, you know, at slammiversary, I thought I was insane because everybody knows Jay White is a New Japan guy. Like that's that's who he is, and he's there. You know, that's something that people probably never expected. I didn't. I didn't expect it. I'm gonna be 100 honest with you. I didn't expect that. So seeing that, I was like, "Man, this is dope." You know. And then you think of the matchups. You know, you, you, Chris Bay finding a Bullet Club shirt on his chair. Now, you know, it, it leads <laughs> you to wonder what's gonna happen with that. You know, um, when when you know. When Kenta came to AEW, it was insane. It's like, oh shit, Kenta is here, you know. And mm-hmm. and you know, John Moxley carrying the IWGP US Championship back and forth from New Japan and AEW, defending it on AEW. You know, there's so much going on. Even even with me, you know, being able to wrestle the people that I was wrestling at AEW, and then wrestle the people that I was wrestling on New Japan Strong, and being part of the Team Filthy Faction, and then you know, now the things that I'm doing with MLW, like it's it's just you know, I'm excited. I love it. I think it's
2: awesome, and 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 that's my opinion on it. It's well, a- I mean, you talked about you mentioned MLW, and and definitely when we got word that uh, you had popped up and at that MLW show, that was definitely one of those shocking moments too. I know Sorg and I were were uh, sending texts to each other, and we're like, "Oh my God, Danny's in MLW! Uh, <laughs> how'd that whole come? Uh, how'd that come together for you?" Um. So. My, my
1: contract with AEW had just finished, you know, I had met my contract obligations um, and, you know, like, like obviously, you know, I, I didn't know where I was going to do next. I was kind of fig- trying to figure out where I wanted to go, what was the right move for me. Um, and I didn't really have time to think because w- within like two days, you know, uh, Conan hit me up and he was, you know, I've known Conan for years. You know, he he's the one that brought me to AAA back in the day. He's the one that brought me to the crash in Mexico. Uh, and he was like, Yo, Danny, what's going on? Da, 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 da. We started having a little talk, catching up. And he's like, Yo, so hear me out. LAX, you know, you and Slice Boogie, what you think? And, and I was just like, Oh, yeah, you know, because people that, that know me and watch all the stuff that I do, they know that I'm United Wrestling Network taxing champions with the bodega, and Slice Boogie is part of the bodega. So me and Slice already have that, that chemistry in it. And Slice is an up-and-comer, you know, running with NWA power, starting to really get some some steam behind him. I thought it would be a great idea, and the fucking reaction that we got when we came out—I ah, don't want to spoil it, you know—but
2: yeah, <laughs> I'm insane. afraid to say too much too. But you know that that tag team, that name, LAX, yeah, that's got some. That's got some cachet. That's got a lineage. Yes. So, and I think that I mean, that's got to me, mean something to you to be yeah, able to I think that to me is why I, I didn't second guess it. You know, it
1: it was one of those things where I was like, I could sit around and wait to see what these other companies want to do. Um, I know that I had worked my ass off this last year and really created some kind of some kind of buzz or, or enough that, you know, a, a company would want me on their roster. I think that I, I proved myself, you know, I mean. I already wrestled the best in the world, so you can't put anybody in front of me that that I wouldn't be able to hold my own in the ring. I don't care what you say, you know, Kenny Omega or John Moxley. Like I, I was able to go in there with two of the best wrestlers in the world and show you two world champions right now. Two of the three world champions at AEW. So I I knew it, I wasn't gonna be sitting around free agent for long. Um, but for me, when it was LAX, you know, and Santana Ortiz are my boys. Those are my dudes, man. I got a lot of love for them. And when I heard that, when I heard the idea it was a no brainer for me. I, I love being a, a, a face for Latinos, Puerto Ricans, you know, being able to represent for the culture. Um, there's a legacy that comes with LAX, you know, Homicide Hernandez, Santana Ortiz, like it's always an evolving, you know, machine it just keeps, you know, okay, these guys, you know, they come through, they do their thing. Now the next group of Latinos come and represent. And I think that for me i was like man i have a chance to be that image for latinos and so why would i not want to do that you know what i'm saying i'm already running around with a puerto rican bandana on my head i'm already calling myself poppy i'm already you know doing this i just didn't have conan behind me you know what i'm saying and 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 i feel like when you're working with someone like conan who's a legend you know you you can't fail you know you're only gonna learn it's only gonna be great for you and and i think that me and slice we were on the same page with that like, yeah let's do it and i feel like you know, each each iteration of LAX has been so different from the previous. Mm-hmm. You know, Hamasai Hernandez was very different from Santana and Otiz. And now I, I know for a fact that me and Slice are gonna be very different in both of those groups. Just because our styles are so much different, you know, especially mine. I, I can do it all, you know. So I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what happens. And and I, I will say that, you know, me and Slice definitely have our eyes on tag team championship golden MOW.
2: So let me, I just want to ask you specifically about the deal that you have with MLW and what it means for opportunities outside of MLW, Indies, and whether, at least for the foreseeable future, we may have seen the last of you in AEW and New Japan, at least for now. I think for the, I
1: think for the foreseeable future, you may have seen the last of me at AEW, um, but you know the door was kept open you know, for a possible return one day. They, they they spoke highly of my work ethic and my work. Um, I, I know that I have a really good relationship with Tony Khan. He's an amazing human. He's an amazing person to work for. Um, but, you know, I am still able to work for New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I am still able to work for the United Wrestling Network, and I'm still able to do my indie dates. So, you know, there's still, you know, uh, uh, three out of
0: what? three out of four chances you're going to see me on your TV in a week. So <laughs> yeah. we will see. We will see. That's, and We've had that too. We're just like, you know, like how many times a week are we seeing you this week? Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. like one of those needy boyfriends that just keep popping
1: up at your house and you just have to let me in because you don't have a choice because you love seeing me anyways.
0: We're waiting <laughs> for you to uh, the pull uh, what we call a Rick Rude because uh, I know uh, that one girl was on both Raw and uh, AEW <laughs> on the same night last week. Uh, Who was so,
2: it? Um, uh, Kelsey Heather, I think, is the name. I really hope I didn't mess it up. But yeah, she was uh, she was um, uh, working as one of Flashley's ladies, and she worked Elevation the same night. Uh, She pulled the Rick Rude. Yeah, I
1: think uh, I think I'm Rick rooting this weekend.
2: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's
1: awesome! That's awesome. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in Massachusetts this Saturday wrestling JT Dunn at XWA nice nice and of course
0: the mlw uh i think the premiere of uh, a lot of those tapings um uh, starts this saturday you were saying
1: yeah battle riot three starts
0: this saturday Battle Riot mean, three whatever that
1: means to anybody i don't know
0: we will we, we, uh we yeah, uh, we man. all just watched the first battle riot uh on on the wrestling mayhem show and i think uh like, like again, one of the detractors that usually doesn't jump on some of this stuff uh, is like, I need to see Battle Riot and what happens. <laughs> so, yes. uh, so it's gonna looking, be insane. It's gonna look, be insane show, I'm sure. Looking forward to that. I think I just cleared my Saturday for that one. I don't care. if is in town. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but anyways, so I, again, you know, looking back on things, it, it, and uh, you know, kind of, kind of rolling back for a minute here, you know, watch your thing with the Big Show. Also, I love that that, that Big Show's conducting interviews. Because I've I've listen, I've done interviews where a a tall girl uh, interviewed uh, a a couple of programmers that are like half her size. And I just love that, like the biggest interviewer in the world is conducting these right now. (laughs) So um, but you you mentioned you started kind of getting wrestling. I think you said around 1997, right? Yes. I'm I'm curious, like what was like kind of the first thing that uh, caught your attention? You talked about the theater and everything of it. uh, But what was like kind of that first like, oh, hey, there's something here.
1: Well, I mean, it was Shawn Michaels and Undertaker in Hell in mm. a Cell, you know, yeah. bad blood. And I think that in the 90s, there was no one hotter than Undertaker and Shawn Michaels in 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was just the the energy from the, from the audience and the story they were telling in the ring and then Kane coming out and all this stuff happening that I was like, man, this is just like sick, you know? And I was so invested that when Kane came out to like, you know screw on and take her over like i was so mad i turned the tv off in the middle of the match like in the or the back end of the match like that was it I was a, so a pay per view and i remember my dad like smacking me in the back of the head because he was watching it you know he was a wrestling fan and so that was my first like actual memory of wrestling um i didn't know anything about wcw or mm-hmm. you know ring of honor or new japan or all those other companies i didn't even know there was such a thing as the indies i just knew wwf wwe whatever you want to call it um and i i immediately you know was gravitated towards the rock and i think around 97 98 is when the rock really started you know becoming a superstar and it's just the way that he electrified the way he talked you know i i never really knew what was good wrestling i guess like i didn't know any difference of oh this guy is the best worker in the room you know and i I, didn't, I just watched it for the entertainment the story and there was no one in my opinion that can make me wanna watch a match more than The Rock just by the way he talked shit about the person. It's like, man, this guy's talking so much shit and I'm like here for it. Like, I wanna know all his catchphrases, you know? And and then, you know, as I got a little bit older, you know, and The Rock stepped away and went Hollywood, um, Eddie Guerrero was my guy. And, you know, he was great on the microphone, but I started learning more about the wrestling and I was just a fan of, of his energy and his the way he moved in the ring and, you know, and, and that's when I would say that like, I was like man, I was like, I was like, I want to be a professional wrestler. You know, I really want to do this. You know, obviously my teachers in school didn't think that I could, you know, didn't think it was possible to make a living doing it, um, but they were wrong, you know, so.
0: Yeah. So, and of course, you know, flash forward, you went to the Marines. The detailed, the great interview you did with uh, with uh, Paul White there, yes. and uh, and and he got into wrestling. I, I've always been fascinated, especially lately. We've been having a lot of conversations uh, with guys that that have been in the military and, and and went into wrestling either as you know you know like the next thing to do, or you know to get themselves out of you know maybe they had a bad experience afterwards or something but there's always i noticed notice and especially with you like we were just talking before the show about like, you go know, all the, the the stunt work you're doing and everything right yeah. like there's always like a uh, uh, a different level it seems of determination to get through it like after you go through something like the marines like like wrestle training you know difficult but you're you got to be more mentally prepared for something like that right yeah
1: um i think that like
0: well, first of all, you know, Paul White is
1: awesome. Uh, yes. It was, it was so cool to sit down and, and talk with him. And he really definitely, you know, put me over on the interview and put me over on commentary week in and week out. Um, but I had met him in 2014, I had just started training to be a wrestler, you know, and, and he was in Camp Pendleton. And like, I remember seeing him and trying to take a picture with him, and it was being a mark, and you know, just wanted to let him know, hey, I'm going to train to be a wrestler, you know, and I'm sure. Back then it was like whatever to him, you know, like he probably didn't even remember the conversation the minute I walked away, you know, or maybe he did, you know, he's a great human, but being able to fast forward and to sit down with him, it was like one of those surreal moments for me, you know, it was like, man, I I told this man that I was going to do this for a living one day, you know, and here we are, he's interviewing me because I'm doing it now, you know, so... With the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps sent me up for success. It just, it, it breeds champions. You know, it breeds yeah. better human beings. It breeds hard workers. It it, it amplifies your discipline and your, your determination to adapt and overcome senses that a lot of people don't have because they've never been put in an uncomfortable situation like that. Uh, so trans transitioning into wrestling, um, it was a lot easier for me as far as the physical side of things. But obviously wrestling had its own issues and its own things that you need to learn along the way you know everybody has obstacles that they overcome so with that and then you know the wrestling transitioning into the stunts and the stunts transitioning into the acting and now doing all of it you know everything that five-year-old eight-year-old me wanted to do as a kid like I'm doing it now I don't wake up put on a fucking tie and go to work and, and hate life. You know, I'm excited when I wake up, like, I roll out of bed. I was like, I got an interview today. Let's do it. You know, like mm-hmm. I got, I got to go be on set in a little bit to go with some stunts for a film. Let's do it. Like, I'm excited. I got to fly to Massachusetts this weekend to go wrestle. Like I, I look forward to, to what I do because I have so much fun doing it. And I feel like I'm so good at it too.
2: Cause I wanted to get into some of this movie and film work that you've been doing Danny. Yes. Um, I know there's something, there's a short film. Yes. That's just showing right now. Maybe it's making the festival rounds right now. Yes. Uh, about? So
1: Joe Riv um, is a film that I wrote, produced, starred in, did my own stunts, coordinated everybody else's stunts in. I worked with uh, Miko Sad as an award-winning Egyptian filmmaker. He directed the film. I worked with Nick Herms, who was the, the second the second uh second unit director. He's done a lot of films. He's a huge stunt legend in, in Hollywood. He's done films like Transformers, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, American Sniper, Tax Collector. Like the list goes on and on. He has like almost 100 credits on IMDb. He came out and helped the, uh, direct the shooting of the action scenes um, and he's worked with a really great stunt crew. And now the movie's going to premiere uh, for the first time, July 29th. At 7.30 p.m. in Las Vegas, tickets are on sale now at the Action uh, Film Festivals. And we were selected of four festivals, you know, uh, two finalist submissions, one semifinalist submission and another one still pending. And, and I'm excited to see what the film does. I have a picture ready. I have a full script ready um, and I'm, I'm excited to see how, how the short film does, because the plan is to eventually push this into a full feature length
0: film, uh, about 90 minute runtime. And I'm excited. Uh, usually we see everybody getting into movies after their wrestling career, but it sounds like you're just <laughs> hedging your
1: bets yeah, yeah, at I'm this sorry, point. Man,
2: I, psh,
0: good things come to those who
1: wait. Uh-huh. Only those things left by those who didn't wait. So for me, you know, I, I want to just grind. If I got free time, like like yesterday, like I'm sitting on my bed, I had nothing to do for a little bit. I started writing another script, you know, just working on a little short and we're shooting it tomorrow. I'm going to go shoot a little short tomorrow for some help somebody out. Yeah two of my buddies that they wanted some certain scenes for their reels so they could set it to an agent and show the agent what they can do. So I wrote it real quick, I'm gonna shoot it tomorrow, edit it, put it together for them, boom, real fast. Um, and then, you know, just a lot of, lot of things, man. I like to stay busy, I like to grind. I, I love the hustle, you know, like, I, I remember as a kid watching the movie Paid in Full and, and you know, it's a street movie, it's gangsters, drugs and all that stuff. but. There was this one character and his name was Money Making Mitch, and and he had all the money. He was one of the biggest, you know, dope dealers. And this is all based on a true story too. this film. And uh, but I'm not saying that that's good drug dealing and the shooting and all that stuff, but his mentality towards loving the hustle and, and loving the feeling that I have to wake up and hustle to get what I want to be happy that always stuck with me, you know? The same thing with Scarface, like Tony Montana, he wasn't a good guy by any means, you know, he was the bad guy, he, he he but he accepted that he was the bad guy. He said to himself, you need people like me to point your finger and say, that's the bad guy. But it was the fact that Tony Montana was able to come from absolutely nothing. And because of his grind, his, his balls, you know, his work ethic, his hunger and how smart he is and quick he was able to adapt to his environment coming in as an immigrant, how he rose to the top. And for me, like, when you grow up in New York City and Brooklyn, you're Latino, like, these are your role models, in a mm-hmm. sense. These are the guys that you look at, you're like, man, like, if this guy could come from nothing and make it, I want to I wanna do the same. Of course, you know, I chose the Marine Corps and wrestling and acting over shooting and drugs and stuff like that. <laughs> but it's the same concept. It's the same hunger, the same grind, you know, not being satisfied where you're at, not being complacent, wanting more. I always want more. I'm never satisfied. And I think that's one of my... It could be a problem one day, but for now, like it's gotten me where I'm at.
0: And it sounds and it sounds like it's probably helps you more, like mentally too, because like like you know when the AW contract comes up and like how many how many people are like you know they have like you know for whatever group their contract comes up, but they don't know what to do next, right? Like yeah. you sound like you had about ten things to do next if MLW didn't yes. come calling. <laughs> so I did, and it, like. You know, like right now, for
1: example, you know, like I said, I'm flying. I have indie dates, you know, but at the end of the month, I'm going to the film festival. it three days, premiering my film, doing a Q&A, then going to the ceremony, hopefully a winning awards for the film. Then, as soon as that's done, like I have no time in between because then I'm back on set, you know, for this one film with, with Nick Herms. He's the one that brought me in. I'm going to be part of his film. I have to be there on set today to work on the stunts. And then in the end of August, you know, after I'm done with this film, I'm, I'm rolling into another film, a horror film. Um, that, that I booked and I'm, I'm playing one of the, the, the lead killers in the film. So I have that lined up and then, you know, just wrestling, nonstop wrestling, wrestling dates all the way going out to, you know, December time frame right now. It's, 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 it's one of those things where if you sit down and you're like, woe is me, what do I, what can I do? What do I, where do I go from here? If I just getting up and going after it, like it's a very different mentality. It takes It two two very different people. You know, and and I'd rather be the one that's like, I right, like, I'm not
0: gonna lose sleep over it. Like, what, what's next? That's awesome. That's great. So normally, this part of the show, I will ask, uh, what's the best and worst thing about indie wrestling? But I kind of want to ask, what's the best and worst thing about uh, traveling through the forbidden door so much? And uh, the
1: best thing is that you know, I get to wrestle all these guys. I get to to see all, how all these other companies are run. I get to see you know what my competition is like, you know, I get to see, you know, what the fans are like, I get to meet new people, um, experience new experiences, see new states, new cities, things that places I've never been. Um, And like, for example, you know, being in Philly, that was insane to me, I had never wrestled in Philly, so that was dope, you know. and then, you know, the bad parts, there's not really no bad parts. Like, I love what I do. I don't I don't ever dread it. I mean, sometimes when I'm sitting on a flight, I'm like, oh, man, like <laughs> I got to fly all day today or I got to lay over here. And this place sucks. This airport's trash. Every time I see I got to layover in Dallas, Fort Worth, I'm oh. ready to like. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm very, I've
0: spent a lot of time in that airport.
2: <laughs> yes. Um So, Danny, in your travels and in all these places that you're working, have you run into anybody who's working as hard as you, working as many matches as you? And would you Um, like to name names for us? Yeah,
1: I think Casey Navarro is somebody who's really busting his ass right now. Um, He's, like I said, he was on Impact, he was on AEW, he was on MLW. Um, All the indie dates he's been taking, he's somebody who's killing it right now, Mm -hmm. who's still a free agent. Um, Ashley Vox. You know, from the C-Stars, she's yes. another one that's killing it right now that I've seen. She's doing great work at AEW. You know, she was at MLW. And, and you know, now she's doing a lot of indie dates as well. She's someone who's, who's, who's kicking ass. Um, I think there are a lot of people that are working hard. Um, I just think that I do so much more, you know, and not, in the, not only in the sense of wrestling, you know, just, the, I mean, the grind that it takes to be a professional wrestler is very similar to the grind to be an actor. And a stuntman. man, like it's not like I wake up and I'm like, oh, it's nine o'clock in the morning. I got to be on set today. You know, like and it's like a guaranteed job every day. No, you have to hustle. You have to grind. So that's a whole nother grind that I'm doing. You know, on top of that, like people tend to forget that I'm also a father. Like I like I have a little girl who's seven years old who's also in the same grind. She's acting. She's doing commercials. She's doing wow. films. So like not only am I working on my grind, now I'm managing her grind, making sure she's knocking out her auditions on time and stuff like that. Um so this, yeah, this, there are a lot of people working hard, but I feel like between all the things that I do, you know, I, I'm, it's never, it's never ending.
2: It's, uh, I, I think you read my mind because my last question was going to be about um, being a father and just asking you, just just curious in general, like, I mean, I'm a dad too. So like, how do you balance? How do you uh, manage, uh, you know, it's, your own personal drive with, um, you know, being a dad? It's hard. Um, fortunately,
1: her mom is awesome. Her mom is, um, she's still in the Marine Corps. She's a Marine Corps recruiter right now. Um, so we have a really good co-parenting relationship. Um, and and I think that when I'm out of town or I'm on the road, like her mom has it, you know, and then when my daughter's with me, you know, I, 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 there are times where I'll still do her interview and she's sitting here on the bed watching TV and I'm, and I'm doing an interview or, you know, but whenever I have to travel, I don't bring her, you know, it's just me. I, I keep that stress off of her. But when I'm with her, you know, it's, it's fun. You know, it's we're going to the pool. We're going to Disney. We're going somewhere. We're doing something, watching movies, laughing. So it's, it's just time management. There's 86,400 seconds in a day. You know, what do you do with your time?
0: Wow. Has she uh, uh, expressed any interest in professional wrestling?
1: Yeah, we wrestle all the time. <laughs> and she'll get up and she'll she's like, Introducing the radioactive poppy, Danny Lamlai. And then she'll be like, and his opponent. Lisi limelight, and she like me hit dead, and she try to like do my my like taunts and stuff like that, and then we'll lock up, and then we'll wrestle, and we just have fun. I throw her around the room; she fights back. She never ever, for some reason, she just kicks out of everything. So it's you know, I always got to do the job.
2: But <laughs> tough I, to get tough to get those wins over your kids. Yeah, very yeah, tough. They don't, they don't know how to work. You
1: know, she doesn't no. know how to work. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, not yeah. very generous when it's time no. to grapple. Not at all. <laughs> so, I I gotta ask so
0: so where did the radioactive poppy come from? Uh um, that came from the, I mean
1: the, the radioactive came from comics, came from Spider Man. Nice. The radioactive spider biting him, the jeans. Um and then poppy because I mean I'm a poppy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, and I mean honestly also the poppy is also like uh like like homage to Eddie Guerrero, you know. Nice I'm your poppy. So yeah, it's it's, it's I just put those two together and I felt like it fit me. So that's awesome.
0: Well, it's been great chatting with you. I know you got a lot to do here, uh, getting on set here today and everything. Oh, yeah. uh, so, but it was great to actually meet you in person out in Vegas as well, and having yeah, that opportunity me, too. So, um, it was
1: great talking to you guys. I had a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. I wish, I wish we had more. I mean, you can sit and talk a little bit longer if you want, but. <laughs>
2: He's a, uh, So yeah, this is, the, this is the part where we ask you. Uh, where we. Uh, Get you hooked in for the uh, come back sometime, and we're gonna have you back on the show again. Yeah, that's right yeah, um, I'm
1: down to come back whenever you guys want. Just hit me up. Um, for everybody listening, thank you so much for listening. Um, and if you're not following me already, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Danny Limelight. Go to prowrestlingtees.com backslash Danny Limelight and be on the lookout for Joe Rib when it hits.
0: Thank you guys so much. There you go. Go support him. He's one of those guys uh, that, that's that been you know, a really special thing to see on our TVs, literally all over the place. And uh, it's going to be doing some big, big things here in a couple years, uh, in the coming years. Uh, so uh, thank you so much, Danny, for joining us. And, of course, everybody, thank you for joining us. And thanks, Matt, for helping out with the interview here this morning. Uh, so uh, if you have not yet, please subscribe to the Indie Mayhem Show or the Wrestling Mayhem Show Super Feed on your podcast, provider, or check out everything at IndieWrestling.us. A lot of great action happening over there. Uh, Thank you so much, and until next time, please support Indie Wrestling. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at SorgatronMedia.com